minute. This isn't music. This is the scream of science. 300 brake horsepower per liter of displacement. Not passing in a blur at 200 miles per hour. And in the middle of the whole metal, the carbon sits flesh and blood. These are the masters of speed. This is Formula One. It's Formula One. Welcome to the Lights Out Let's Go F1 podcast, part of the season ticket on Dougie Stone Radio. Uh, I have with me this week, as always, uh, Rich Mason and Adam Knight. Say hello, boys. Evening. Evening all. Hello again. How are we all okay? Very well, thank you. Um, cold and under about a foot of snow, but apart from that, I'm all right. Yeah, there's, oh. been, a lot, there's been a lot of snow over in uh, Pittsburgh, isn't there? It's a bit chilly over there, I believe, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, but it is. It's... The happy thing is I notice you and I have got a beer on the go. And <laughs> Dan it's, has not, not. Well, it's not. It's, it's not a terrible way to start, is it? It is a uh, end of season celebration, isn't it? It so, is. You know, absolutely. It's our absolutely. last race to uh, do. Uh, perhaps six feet of snow would have helped to uh, make the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix a bit more exciting. But we will, we, Possibly. We will, we will yes. come on to that. Anyway. <laughs> I, think, I think half an inch would have helped. I don't want to know. Right, okay, so um, <clears throat> this week, <laughs> as, as I said, we will be covering the last race of the season, which is at Abu Dhabi. Uh, so, I mean, personally, I think it's a shame that such an immense season, you know, such an exciting season ends at an unexciting track at Yas Marina in Abu Dhabi. But, I mean, we've still got plenty to talk, to talk about, but for me, it was just sort of a really damp squib to the end of a really exciting season really at that track but um it we'll come on to that anyway so just a very quick uh roundup of news um that has happened this week so nikita mazapan or mazapin i think um has gone to Haas. so he will sit alongside mick schumacher next year um nikita obviously brings a hell of a lot of money with him um, and say, does does he make Lance Stroll's dad look a bit poor? <laughs> yes, 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 he he, he does. He, he comes always, with a humongous amount of money and a bit of attitude. I understand a like. bit of attitude and a bit yes. of controversy as well, because there's been a bit of controversy uh, this week with him about some some Twitter post that he yeah about. so um i'm not on yeah. twitter I, I don't know what he said i'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure or not i don't know it looks but, he, uh, he looks like he looks interesting it could be quite an interesting uh, ride with him at Haas. uh yes. you've got yuki uh sonada has gone to alpha tauri so it's a japanese driver back in the sport i think i think it's good to have a japanese driver in the sport so i agree he, i think Good thing to have a Japanese guy back. Yeah, in yeah. We get over to the far east. It's uh, it's it's good to have uh, have those guys on the grid. Yeah, I think so. So he'll be taking place of uh, Kvyat uh, alongside the gas man uh, Pierre Gasly. Um, so Sonada. So he was third in F two last year. Um, so I think he's a he's a good driver in his own right. Really, um, I think it's a bit of a politically motivated move with the Honda engine. Uh, mm. and Red Bull looking to take on the uh, intellectual property going forwards and a bit of a sweetener, you know, of uh, getting a Japanese driver there. But I think that probably does me a bit of a disservice because I think he's a pretty good driver in his own right. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I've not seen much of his performances in uh, in Formula 2, but, uh, you know, third in the F2 Championship is uh, not to be sniffed at. And so, uh, well, we'll see how he goes in F1 car. How, how old is he, by the way, Dan? Do you know? He's... Pretty young though. I think he's 
1920, I think. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, you know, I think it'd be it'd be good to see how he, it's good to see how he goes, and uh, you know, he's at least he's there. He's there on merit, isn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose you never know who can make the step up, can you? Sometimes from F2, because there was a F2 champion uh, once upon a time called Van Dorn, who uh, yes, seemed to uh, not go Stoffel, very well in F1. Stoffel Van Dol, bless him. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Um, that, uh, so a quick shout out. So hopefully Frank Williams uh, gets better soon. Uh, he's recently this week been admitted to hospital. Um, there's been no other details mm-hmm. from the Williams family. But um, yeah, just a shout out to say, hope you get better soon, Frank. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we had a young driver uh, topping the timesheets at the young driver's test. A uh, Mr. Uh, Fernando Alonso at uh, the yes, ripe age of yep. 40. He's a young, newborn. somewhat relative. Actually, to me, that is pretty young. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, say, you're nothing right. wrong with being forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He's the new. That makes him eleven years younger than me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But um, yeah, no, I'm really, as you know, and as I've said in other podcasts, really excited to see uh, Alonso uh, on the grid next year. Uh, yeah. uh, just just before we were um, recording the podcast, I was just chatting to Adam. Um, and you were saying that he's already creating a few uh, waves by stating that he thinks uh, anyone can win in the Merck car, and ha- Hamilton isn't isn't that special. Um, and Russell proved it. So it was, uh, yeah, it was him. He came out. It was him, Verstappen, and I forget who the third driver was. But three of them came out and, and made that statement. So, yeah. Which is which is interesting because before he was coming back into F one, Alonso was saying that the best driver of his era is, yeah. is Hamilton. So yeah, uh, but, yes, but Hamilton exactly. Do they fail to understand that this is precisely, precisely the motivation that Mister Hamilton requires exactly. to get exactly. out there and tan everybody's bottom and get his eighth title in? That's what he needs. Exactly. Exactly. Drives on it. So and shoot uh, um, themselves in the foot there. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, there's no announcement yet, but we can ex- expect announcement in the coming days um, from Red Bull uh, mm. about who fills that second seat. I'm still very, 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 I'm very, very, very uncertain. I don't know. I saw Christian Horner after the Grand Prix, and uh, not personally, obviously, I just saw him on the stage. Um, he he sounded kind of like yeah he was kind of like at the last race sort of Albon kind of does the job he's been employed to do you know coming in fourth solid points you know establishing Merck and Red Bull in the top four is it it, it, yeah I mean I mean too late I think it's going to be and Perez 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 going out on that early in that race was just the worst possible thing that could have happened to him it was. Uh, it yeah, was I, I think you're right, Danny. I, th- I think it's going to be Albon. I think they're going to stay with him. So, I so, necessarily... so I heard something saying um, it, it, quite an interesting point um, about the Perez and Albon thing, where they said that actually, um, you know, if if they do have a bit of faith in Albon, they're going to be better off sticking with him because Perez going into that seat will be causing, even if it's just for a year will be causing quite a bit of trouble in terms of the development of that car and not allowing it to go Max's way and highlighting perhaps how much Max's way that that car has gone. Um, you know, he, he, he's going to be quite um, vocal in terms of how he wants the car and the direction of the car going for his season. Whereas if Albon is still there, he's going to be glad to have a seat as such and so cause less tr- less of a headache for Red Bull. But um, yeah, 
Who knows? I agree. Alb- Albon will um, certainly toe the line a bit more. I mean, you know, yeah. Perez Perez would go in there and he would, you know, I think he would be unlikely to uh, accept a number two sort of status, which of we, course, know, yeah. we know exists in Red Bull. Uh, he would be hungry for a win. It's a crying shame that he may not be on the grid next year, but... Yeah, you know, definitely. but uh, but yeah, I, I can I can I can see your uh, you've ground us down. You've been saying album for the last few races. <laughs> I think I think you're probably right. And then in, in a couple of days' time, it'd be Perez. You watch this. I've managed to grind you all down, and then it'd be Perez. <laughs> and then there'll be the surprise announcement that Christian <laughs> has actually grown a pair and decided he can manage people. <laughs> yes, yes. So anyway, so so let, let, let's have a look at the um the uh, predictions that we had uh, from the last time. So <laughs> basically. Let's, Let's supplement we, we, we were wrong. Hamilton's we were name. Wrong, very wrong for Russell. Okay, so, <laughs> so so Adam, you had Russell. Let that read Hamilton essentially, <laughs> uh, Max and Bottas. So it wasn't bad actually. In the wrong order, but but yeah, I think that that's all three, which is pretty good. Um, I had uh, Russell. So let's read that Hamilton, uh, Bottas, and Perez and. If the engine wouldn't have blown up, who knows? Yeah. Um, and Rich, you had Russell. Let that read. Hamilton, Bottas, and Norris. And you weren't you weren't far away either, really. No, he had a good race. Norris did, didn't yeah, he? he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. But but just just so we're clear, I won. Yeah, yeah. Just so yeah. You were the closest. Yeah. You were the you closest. Were, just, were... just 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 want to clarify. That's all. You were the closest. If <laughs> if if George Russell becomes Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> We were okay. all spectacularly wrong. <laughs> but you were the cl- you were the least wrongest out of all of us. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Take, yeah, that's take the least wrongest. <laughs> that's fair. So, okay, I'm going to dive in with a, with a bit of trivia straight away, okay? Oh, so, oh, when God. was the last time we had a race as boring as this one? Oh, Christ. I'll, oh, give, I you know. the, I'll give you the answer straight away. It's last God, year it's Ab- in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, Abu Dhabi, yes. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's every exactly year Abu Dhabi. It just seems to be the kind of, oh, it's the, it's the everybody can't be asked. It almost feels like the, the season finishes the race before and it just gets to Abu Dhabi to just... Yeah. I know. So, so, know. so, so I saw a, a, a tweet in the week um, and it had a picture of um, this expanse of desert, which was actually taken before... Yas Marina was built and it basically said Herman Tilke had all of the space to build a track <laughs> and he ended up building Yas Marina I mean <laughs> like it, it wasn't as if the track had to be fitted around you know no. things that were already there or Literally around the city center he could have made yep, anything, anything and he made this track could so, have done anything it's it's such a shame because as a as a spectacle, the actual, you know, the, the place itself is fan, is, is it's just cool. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it it's very cool, hotel. right? Right, right, right. Next to a marina with boats and stuff. And it's, oh, it's such a shame. Cool. It's such a shame. So does it deserve its place on the calendar? Do we think it deserves its place on the, on, on the calendar? Even I, as I a think, spectacle? I think the money will dictate that it is going to remain on the calendar, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but um, but I mean I mean look they've got a lot of money down there I mean for goodness sake they have indoor ski slopes in that part of the bloody world for I know, yeah sake. I've been to it so I have you really well they got yeah, they got one of those in Milton Keynes yeah, yeah but it's not it's not forty five <laughs> degrees in Milton Keynes yeah. isn't it Adam really and this is in a shopping mall <laughs> I think I don't know I think they could do a major redesign they really should they they should do they, they should, I think they should they possibly take it off the calendar for a couple of seasons and do a redesign or 
you know, or, or, or do it quickly. I mean, Mind you, the way they do stuff in the Middle East, they wouldn't even need to take it off the calendar. They could like literally start the week after, like like next week. You know, Christmas, yeah. not a big thing in the Middle East, not massive. Oh, yeah. You know, after just start next week, get some elevation in off camber. You know, let's get some big hills out the back of it and all the rest of it, and uh, you know, change the change the layout of the circuit. They can. I have mean, it in July. apparently it's not it's not one hundred percent Tilka's fault. So that that run into um, in se- sector one where you've got the two chicanes down to the hairpin, mm. that was meant to be a straight run down to a hairpin, and they were meant to, the 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 grandstand at the end of it was meant to be raised, and they were meant to have a runoff area underneath it, and for some reason they didn't build that, and then the FI said you can't have such a run to a hairpin with the grandstand so close, so then they had to stick the, sh- the chicanes in, which nullified. You know what what was happening in that section, um, and there's a lot of ninety degree angles uh, like turnings in section three. Yeah, they are actually off camber corners. So Tilke at the time was looking at off camber corners, but he said that by the time the track was built, the cars and drivers have been have become too good at driving on off camber corners and things, and they just don't make mistakes. Mm. So there is a few. Uh, th- th- there is also a story that it was built. So, so, so the layout had to be changed to allow um, whoever the leader of um, the Emirates um, to allow his boat to be able to be brought in and sit basically next to the track to watch to watch the race. Mm. Um, and as they were building it, he built he he bought a bigger boat, and therefore they had to change some of the track layout to allow it to happen. I don't know how true that is, but. Um, it's just it's just an awful track, isn't it? Really, I hope it's not true, but unfortunately, I can it sort of be. believe it. Really, yeah, it could be. It's but these you... sorts of things that uh, that do that do happen. I don't know. Perhaps Herman Tilker just thinks about it too much. Yeah, they need a revamp of it. Just needs to get one of my daughters with some spaghetti to throw at the wall and go. That'll do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but anyway, so a, a few little facts about uh, about the, this race. So uh, this is a race, obviously, where Max Verstappen um, and Red Bull came out top. It ends a run of 39 races uh, where Merck failed to lead a lap in a race. Interesting. Uh, It's the first time Merck has been beaten at Yas Marina in the hybrid area. 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 You're making making words up again, Dan. Area, Area. yeah. Since 2013, I believe, is the last time. That's right, yeah, that's right. 2013, they've won Merck. Ferrari ended the season without leading a lap. For the third time ever, and their worst finish in the constructors' championship for forty years. Yeah, never leaded a lap. That's unbelievable. That's, that's pretty bad, isn't it? The other years were nineteen seventy-three and nineteen ninety-two, and mm. um, and Williams had their first pointless season ever. Nil point, not brilliant. And um, yeah, I, I can I can only hope that team uh, gets better. Yeah. Yeah, Next year. let's hope that the um they continue because because they have improved they have closed the gap let let's hope they continue improving and then they've got a bit of money now as well so let's let's see what happens. So on to qualifying then. So pole position for Max Verstappen only his third pole position as well ever. Well, yeah, it, it was his third. I was amazed at that. I was even more amazed when the uh, uh, the Lance Stroll of commentary who I refer to as David Coulthard. David Coulthard, I was going to say, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
congratulated him on his first Formula yes, One poll. I yes. heard that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He did. He did. On his first yeah. poll, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and he was also made by Steve Jones made to apologize to Max Verstappen later on in the show. Oh, was he? Oh, was he really? Yes, he was made, he did, he did sort of, I didn't see that on the sky there, He did say, DC has an apology to make and uh, he did uh, on camera. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I was watching the sky coverage. I didn't watch, yeah. the, I didn't watch the BBC follow-up and he was just doing the, obviously the, the post-qualifying interviews and, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I had to wind it back. I'm like, did he just, that's exactly that's what I did. That, I went, I went that's back never his, that can't be right. That's not his first. Up. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. And that was it. And then I looked it up, and then I was still surprised that it was only his third. Only third, yeah. Yeah, it's only yeah. his third, yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, um, unbelievable. Yeah, amazing. I mean, you know, he's going to clearly have many more, but um, yeah, only, only his third one there. Um, in Norris and Sainz set McLaren up well for uh, a good points finish in the race. Uh, in obviously, their uh, fight for the third in the uh, Constructors' Championship. Um, especially with Stroll down in eighth and Perez down in fifteenth, and carrying a penalty into the race as well for new engine parts. Didn't we make some predictions we several did. races ago about who was going to finish third? We did. We did. So. Yeah. And Are was, you uh, suggesting, Adam, that you may have said it for McLaren? <laughs> have, you I, the, pre- have you won the? Have you won the? No, 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 no. It was a unanimous. Uh, we did. All, did we also? Yeah, we all agreed it was going to be. I th- yeah, because it was it was fairly. They've been consistent. They have, haven't they? Old Norris and Science have been very yeah. good. They have been very consistent. They've been very good. So that comes on to to the first sort of real talking point. So Carlos Sainz will be leaving McLaren now, or will have left McLaren now, essentially, and moving to Ferrari. Do you think this is the right move for Sainz to make at this point in his career? I don't. Do not. No, I really don't. I really don't. I mean, normally the answer would be, you know, you can't turn down Ferrari ever and to go to a a, a sort of manufacturer team, you know, you can't say no. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting point in that. So what's your reasons? Well, I I, I just, I I wonder how quickly Ferrari are going to solve their issues and get themselves back into a championship winning team slash car and i feel that mclaren's going to be there before them um there was a quote that ron dennis made when he was still at mclaren right three or four years ago and he said mclaren will be the next constructor to win a world championship after the mercedes dominance did he which was a which yeah which was a pretty big statement at the time because you know they they were they were probably about as low as they were going to be. But he was saying that with the, with the upcoming changes, he was talking about, you know, the, the car we've got now, because it was three or four years ago, and then subsequently the, the, the additional changes that were coming in 22. And he and felt the Merck engine as well, aren't they, in the back? Exactly. And with the Merck engine as well, that they were going to be the next team, that, that after the Mercedes dominance was over, McLaren would be the next constructor. Interesting. Champion. Was Ron trying to offload shares at that point? <laughs> I wonder, right? Possibly. <laughs> I mean, Possibly. How, look, I, I, I'm, I'm going to fly against that a little bit. I actually think, I think I agree with you, Dan. You know, when you have when when Ferrari caught you, yeah, um, you can't you can't say no. I think it's the one thing. It's it, it's a major box that I think most of the drivers on the grid, and I've always said it. I think Lewis has got it somewhere that they want to tick the I've driven for Ferrari box. <laughs> Um, and I do think they are 
But Ferrari can ruin people's careers, yes, can they? Because Ferrari, they are Ferrari coming calling, you go there. And Ferrari can stops. ruin people's careers. He is well aware of what he's walking into. Charles Leclerc is their, um, is their sort of their driver at the moment, and that's been fairly evident by, uh, I think, Sebastian Vettel's season this year. Um, however, I think science does bring a degree of uh, confidence with him. He's certainly a very talented driver. And I genuinely think Benotto is looking to do something. That, look, Ferrari have always been, you know, oh, we do this, we do this, it doesn't work. Somebody gets a horse's head in a pillow and people get fired and we all throw our toys out of the pram and, oh, bello, jello, and it all goes mental. Um, I genuinely think they're looking across at the Mercedes garage and they go, look, we, you know, we have to do things differently else. We just, we're, we're never going to catch these guys. Mercedes, you know, they look at Red Bull and Red Bull kind of have a, a good team ethos. It would appear as well. They, they, they obviously run a, they, you know, they will never candidly say it. I don't think but they run a one, two set up in terms of their drivers. Yeah. Um, and I think they're looking at these types of teams and going, look, this is how you go about winning championships and putting it all together. We can't finger point all the time. Um, you know, and, 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 and I think, you know, Ferrari having their worst season for 40 years, but Benotto is still very much their man and he is there and he is, I, I, I think he's doing an awful lot more than we necessarily see on, on TV at the track and everything else. I think he's a little bit more involved, um, certainly behind the scenes in the factory. And I, I genuinely think Ferrari are going to go through a bit of a change this next year and into I think they're obviously looking at 2022 I think most teams I think most teams are now aren't they yeah but I I really think Ferrari could could come good again and to your point yeah I think McLaren look like they're possibly going to get there more next year 2021 but for 2022 I I really don't know I think I think it could be a reasonably good move for science he's still young I think he's very fighty I think he's got a very good mentor in his father as well um, you know, I've, I've mentioned before, I, you know, followed and watched rallying for years and years and years. And Carlos Sainz Sr. is an extremely good um, sort of, uh, he was a great driver, a uh, great rally driver, but also very, very good at, at managing the teams that he worked for and, and, and people around them as well. And I just think, um, I think Carlos has got some very good people around him to be able to manage that situation at Ferrari from a, from a sort of a team perspective. But I think the car will come uh, better as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I kind of think, you know, it, you've always got to, when a works team come calling, I kind of think you've always got to go there, really. But um, who, you know, you don't know. I think the, the only thing I think that could work out well for him, or it, why it, why it could be a a good move, I guess, is I sometimes wonder whether it's good to have a great relationship with the guy on the other side of the garage. So mm. you know, so so with with you know, he and Lando. Are, are, and I think that there is a genuine like and respect and friendship there. And I wonder, is that healthy? I mean, of, of course it's healthy, but does it, does, it, does it ultimately drive you to the brink of performance and what you can do when you're, you're fighting someone that you love as opposed to fighting someone that you are your arch nemesis? Most teammates <laughs> tend to have that until they're 
team Granted. will pass, yep. become a championship yep. winning yep. car, yeah. and, yep. then, and then immediately their their um, uh, relationship Ross, uh, you know, fair. Uh, yeah, I think fair. yeah. Had the McLaren been at the front of the field this year, and it was either Science or Lando for the win every week, it might have been a yeah. different relationship. I think mean, there was an interesting interview with a pair of them on Channel Four, and you know they've said that they've learned a lot from each other. Uh, you know, Lando said Carlos has got a little bit more experience than he has, and he's learned from him, and he thinks Carlos has probably. Uh, Carlos said he learned from from Lando as well, and there is there's a huge amount of you know it's a, it's a bit of a big love in there at McLaren. It has there been, is, yeah. Um, right. But they both say when the helmet goes on, you know, we want to, we we'll, we'll, you know, we are single minded and we'll we'll fight, but we you know we'll fight clean. And there's 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 a way to there's a way to drive properly and uh, and competitively as well. But uh, and I think their relationship has created a bit of buoyancy in McLaren as a team. I think as a team, them. yes, absolutely. Yeah. They, yeah. I, I believe they've shared they you know they've shared data in order to drag the car up the grid you know they've not been and, they've not hidden data from each yeah. other and that sharing of data has enabled that car to to get to get where it's got to a lot quicker yeah and i and i think i think that's really where my question's coming from it you know, is is since both you know mclaren are still in some development years before they get to that championship winning car as are going to be ferrari and you know is is that process going to be accelerated by a love fest or a competitive fest. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. That is fair. It's be interesting to see. I think they're both going to have. I mean, Leclerc is is going to consider himself as a, as a de facto number one at Ferrari, and and Daniel Ricciardo will come in and be very smiley, and he'll be very smiley, he'll be smiley, but I will bite your fucking head off. He's a smiling assassin, <laughs> isn't he? He's that is what he's going to be like. That is apologies for my language there. But I've had a bit, um, but yeah, <laughs> that is what he's going to be like. He's he's an, an ultra competitive guy. He really is. So, yeah, and yeah. that's going to be interesting to see how Norris deals. I'm really, really fascinated, fascinated to see how Norris deals with that because I think he could be a really, really excellent driver. And I just think, you know, for his first kind of stint in formula one he's had a very kind of nice nice kind of yeah. team atmosphere it'd be nice to get somebody across the garage who's going to good to at, see a different side of Norris, he's going to look at uh, ricardo and go okay you've won grand prix you've won a lot of grand prix compared to me um so you know i've got to up my game and let's see how that that, that shakes out it's going to be really interesting next year yeah that's fair so quick round out of the uh, top 10 then in, in um uh, qualifying so you had verstappen on pole and Bottas second, which was a you know a really good lap by Bottas. Uh, Hamilton in third. Obviously, Hamilton coming back from um, recovering from COVID. Uh, I don't think I'm making excuses for him saying that you know he clearly wasn't 100. percent But um, you know, does that do a disservice to Bottas in Bottas getting ahead of him? Saying that Lewis wasn't 100, percent or was it that good a lap by Bottas, or was it that Lewis wasn't 100? percent it wasn't as good a lap by Bottas as it was by Verstappen. Was well, it? that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> I don't know, really, to be honest with you. I think uh, uh, you know we've always said Lewis, uh, you know Bottas is very, very good on a Saturday, um, yeah, and, is, I, yeah. I, and I genuinely think Lewis obviously has been, you know, uh, you know whatever he's suffered from COVID has, uh, you know, knocked him for six a little bit, and, and they've said he's not been a hundred percent. So I'm not sure whether it does him a disservice. I think it's just it is what it is, you know. If sure. if. Ru- if Russell had not had the drive that he had last weekend, do you think Hamilton would have come back this weekend? And what I mean by that is... No, I don't think he would have done. No, I don't think he would have done either. Yeah, you're right. I think he rushed himself back. He obviously I got think, the I, negative test, but he rushed himself back. Yeah, I think he rushed himself back because I think that he saw 
that if Russell puts in another one of those drives two weeks in a row, all of a sudden, you know, um, Merck realized that there is life after Lewis. And he's trying to get a new contract at the moment. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It does reduce his bargaining power. Yeah. We're, we're not saying Merck are going to replace him with Russell, but what Merck can now sit at the table and say, well, it's not all about you now, is it really? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. As I, as I, was, I was always watching it, I thought, well, you know, if you're not, if you're not 100%, mate, then maybe, maybe it wasn't fair to come back. You should have given you know, George another shot to get for, at the limelight. And then I thought, well, no, why would you do that? That's going to put you on the back foot. So. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, to be fair, he does turn up to the negotiating table with seven world titles. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. He's got a strong hand, hasn't he? Let's be honest. 100 percent, and we're not yeah. saying it's, it's, it's you know it's stopping him doing that, but what it does is it, it's do they get you know, ad, it's ad fuel... prevent some of those sticking points where you get to a contract point that yeah. Merck before yeah. may have budged, where they may just now just just go. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Do you think it adds fuel to the anyone can win in a Merc kind of argument? Well, that's you're back in the Alonso Verstappen camp. Yeah, now, well, yeah, yeah, this is yeah, it. We discussed that's what they, Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what they said. They said, yeah, they, they, they basically said, you know, uh, um, it's not all Lewis. Anybody can win in the Merc, and George Russell just proved that was the quote yeah so you know had he had george russell run this weekend and had a dominant weekend you know that would uh, that would add to that argument possibly. however you know to 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 uh pour water on that you've had bottas in that seat all year and he's proved that not everyone can necessarily win all the time in that car 100 percent. and to your point we are uh, we you know we, we extolled this uh, conversation last time and yeah um but uh, yeah, it's still out there. It's yeah, it's still out there. So then you had Norris in fourth. So you know, really good performance by by Norris in qualifying. Uh, Albon in fifth, pretty much just about doing what he needed to do. Really in qualifying, he could have done a little bit better, but you know, he, he he's getting there. You had Signs, then Kvyat, you had Lance Stroll down in eighth, uh, which is poor performance really in in that what was last year's Merck more or less. Um, Leclerc and then uh, Gasly rounded out the uh, top ten. You had the two Renault, the two Renaults were outside the uh, top ten in eleventh uh, and twelfth, which pretty much put them out of the fight for third in the constructors' championship, which we know that McLaren has has won now. So it was quite a, it was an interesting qualifying. It's probably the you know, the the only interesting part to the uh, to the weekend at that track. But um, yeah, I, I think qualifying was all right. So on to the race then. So. Mercedes had a interesting sort of loss of pace, really, didn't they? So Bottas finished in second, Hamilton down in third. Um, they both pitted under the safety car, um, and that was about it, really. So they that that assured them that they just were going to trail home in second and third. I, I, I didn't. Think they, I think they missed a trick. They could have done a pincer movement on on Max. Absolutely, left Hamilton out. Yeah. I can't. I cannot understand why they didn't split their yeah. um, strategy on that first safety car pit stop. Blows my mind. Yeah, it does. Because, um, I mean, at that point, you know that this race for the, the, the five years previous had been won from pole. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think even at one point, Hamilton questioned the, on the radio, and he said, yeah. this doesn't feel like the right strategy to me. Yes, right. I, I think he was looking to say, well, we could have done something different. We could, you know, we could have stayed yeah. out or whatever. I, I, I think... It could have been possible to win the race from that position. 
if they if they'd have left Hamilton out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I don't doubt it. Um, what was interesting, um, and again, there could be politics at play here, I suppose, but um, Hamilton often gets um, the uh, criticism that he's a bad loser. Um, and I often, I always offend him to say the times when he looks really sort of like a bad loser is when it's not been him but something else has not gone his way. Like the cars let him down or there's been a strategy call that he didn't make that has let him down or something. And, you know, he looks really, really fed up when he loses this one. You know, there wasn't anything particularly that went wrong. And Hamilton didn't look that upset with being third. He was pretty, you know, he, he was pretty good about it in, in, in the interviews. He praised Bottas and stuff. I mean, politically, he's always praising Bottas because I think he wants Merck to keep Bottas in that seat so he can keep winning championships. So there's there's that bit of it. But um, yeah, you know, I think it was good to uh, to um, see Hamilton sort of just being being happy with not necessarily winning the race on this time around. And I, I think I think he was genuinely happy it was over. He looked exhausted. Yeah, I was going right. to say I think he was absolutely. I agree with you, Adam. I think he was absolutely shattered, and I think. He was probably still suffering the effects of uh, of the illness that he's had, but also yeah, it's been no a tough doubt. year. It's been a long year. Yeah, it's been, it's been Although, a tough year. You know, there's been lots of back to back races. There's been there's, like three. There, three there was two lots of three, three triple header, wasn't there? So yeah, so I think he did look absolutely shattered. And was like, yep, it's done. I mean, a, a bit about Mercedes' pace. So apparently they had a MGUH issue where they've in, in all of the Merck engines they were told to turn the engine down a bit, which lost them about a. Tenth per lap, apparently, over the race, mm-hmm. which is where some of their some of their pace. Uh, their, Why were they told to turn went. them down? So, because this is the last race of the race of the year, and generally after that they lunch the engines when it's um, because know, they didn't think they would last time. the actual race. Yeah, really, I believe. Yeah, it was quite yeah. a marginal thing, really. Really, yeah. yeah. Um, well. Looks like Bottas is going to stay at Merck now, and R- Russell's going to stay at Williams. Um, what do you reckon about that? The right choice? Wrong choice? Just so they can get title number eight out of the way? Yeah, probably. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. That's that's the plan. After that, I think I think this is... Do you is, think we is... see Russell in 2022? In a, Absolutely. In, I think in a so, yeah. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Unless, yeah, unless something goes drastically wrong with the campaign and, and Red Bull are somehow to take enough points and, 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 and Lewis doesn't get number eight, Lewis will get number eight, then I think the gloves will come off. Yeah, that's fair. I just hope he just hope he doesn't get in there, and it's and that's at the point that, that the Mercedes uh, starts to right. take a nose dive into the mid pack and McLaren and Red Bull and. Ferrari. Well, it's interesting because the, the, the and obviously there's an, there's a, there's a shakeup in 2022, but even next year, um, there's an ability that it could shake up the order um, mm-hmm. around because they're taking away some of the floor design um, and making it taper away. And I heard someone described it as it's quite a blunt instrument, what they're doing in, in basically they're telling teams to basically saw off part of, part of the floor. And it's actually a bigger change than it looks. And it could mix things up. So it'd be interesting to see if any teams are out of step next year and end up you yeah. know, coming forward or going backwards or, or whatever. So that's quite interesting. Yeah. So Ferrari then. So, so 13th for Leclerc, 14th uh, for Vettel, they've dropped to sixth in the constructor uh, for next year. Um, I think they're going to have to have a, 
um, a sat nav to find their garage because they're normally used to, you know, being <laughs> right up the front. I think it's it's going to be quite a shock for them being that far down. It's not going to look very good for them, really. No, um, but it's, it, it kind of they. I think I, I I look at Ferrari as a team that they that's what they expected. Um, I don't think there's any gnashing of teeth at the end of the season. They're just like, yep, that's where we expected yeah, to be. Where we're uh, you know we're 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 working uh, a little bit longer term, so uh, I I have hopes that they will they will bring it back. It uh, if if they end up in a bit of a McLaren esque slump of the last few years and not doing anything sort of beyond twenty two, then uh, then you know perhaps uh, perhaps Bonotto better have a look in the uh, pillow next to his bed every morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think he's got I think he's got reprieve for the next two years definitely. Yeah, so then we had Red Bull. Um, so Verstappen, a great win for Verstappen. You know, really good seeing you know somebody else uh, win a race. You had Albon in fourth. I think just about did what he needed to do in this race. He started to give Hamilton a bit of a challenge right at the end of the race. It wasn't quite enough, but he was there or thereabouts. Really, it was it was it was looking a bit better for Albon. I think. Um, yeah, so so it, it, it was only um, it was pretty dominant from. from from Max all weekend, really. It was only it Ricardo's fastest lap uh, that prevented a Grand Slam weekend for Max Verstappen. Very so. mature, very mature weekend. Yeah. For Max Verstappen. He 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 did yeah. it all pretty pretty by the book, you know. Kind of good Saturday, uh, good Sunday. That's it. That, that that was that was the other highlight of the. I say highlight. The the other you know thing that I thought was funny after the whole Coulthard congratulating him on his first Formula One pole, and then. Christian Horner congratulating him on his Grand Slam by taking the fastest lap, right as Lando took it. <laughs> and I was, and I was, I was watching the boy because he came over on the radio. Oh, congratulations, Max! Done a little fantastic and fastest lap as well. And, and right as just as he said it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ricardo came in and took it. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So I, I think we, we kind of covered this anyway. Um, it, was it enough for Albon to remain at Red Bull? Uh, we're kind of thinking it might be. No. Yes, by, I, just by the skin of his teeth, I think. The skin of his teeth and the fact they don't want to have a, 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 a jumpy Sergio um, yeah. wanting to win races, which I think is a bit of a shame. I, 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 you know, I want to see Perez on the grid next year, but I just don't. The uh, the musical chairs of Formula One haven't fallen for him, unfortunately. It's been interesting, really. So, uh, what I've really enjoyed is the ebb and flow of this story and the sort of third in the constructor championship bit. Because after each race, it's like, oh well, Albon could stay there. Then it's like, no, they can't ignore Perez anymore. And then, oh, maybe Albon will stay there. And the next race is, oh no, 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 surely Perez has got to go there. And the same with the the, the constructor championship. It, it was like, oh, McLaren have got it wrapped up now. And then it's, oh, actually surely racer point can't lose this and maybe Rene might get it and then McLaren end up getting it. It's those, those two storylines have been really, it's been quite fun really. It's been quite, yeah. I, mean, I, I wonder how much of that is, is just the fact that so, you know, it's, it's a bit of a massa syndrome where, you know, Perez is definitely this kind of driver that everybody loves and everybody wants, you know, thinks that he's such a great guy. And I think, you know, people keep talking about him in the Red Bull seat just because, they want him in a seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they just don't want to lose him from the grid. But yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I've certainly warned him a lot this year. I must say, and yeah. I know, and you've not been a big fan of years gone past. So the fact that Mister N- Mister Daniel Knight has warmed to Sergio Perez should, uh, you know, should should make people in the uh, in, in the Formula One world think long and hard. 
about exactly where the, exactly but what i will make clear <laughs> is when adam said it's massa syndrome i have never warmed to felipe massa no i haven't either will no 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 and, and that, that 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 was that was partly my point it was yeah, I, yeah. I never i never got it that people but people yeah. just love that guy I, I i never got it yeah no that's fair that's fair Okay, yeah, so as we say, McLaren, so they wrapped up third in, in, in the uh, Constructors' Championship. I'm really pleased with that. You know, it's really good to see McLaren coming back to strength. I mean, they're, they're such a great team, you know, such a great history. I've, I've been a fan of McLaren for a long time. Um, yeah, it's been really great to see, see them back at the sharp end of the grid, really. Uh, so you had Norris in fifth, a uh, re- really good drive by Norris. Uh, Signs in sixth. Um, again, so yeah, it was, it was a well-executed race. Um, yeah, so, you know, that third in the championship, they probably had maybe the fourth or fifth fastest car on the grid. So actually to get that third was actually an, an immense effort and showed how good Norris and Sainz have been through the season as well, really. Well, okay. yeah. mm. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. So then on to Renault. So you had Ricardo in seventh, and as we said, getting that um, fastest lap to take away the uh, Grand Slam from Max, which is a shame. You had Ocon in ninth. Um, now, Ocon took Stroll uh, on the last lap. And from what I can see, there wasn't anything wrong. Uh, but in the warm-down interviews afterwards, I don't know if any of you guys saw this, um, you had Ocon go along and put his hand on uh, Lance Stroll's shoulder to say, you know, as in, you know, oh, you know, sorry you lost that position at the end of the race. Um, I don't think there was much needle in it, but... Um, Lance Stroll looked really, really uh, upset and like really, really, just really frosty towards Ocon. I thought it was really strange. I couldn't find out what went on between them, but it was really strange. I don't know if you guys yeah, saw I, that at all. No, yeah, I, I, I didn't see it, but it doesn't surprise me at all, right? Again, yeah, he didn't get what he wanted in the race. And so, uh, he didn't. I mean, to be fair, I, 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 I believe. Mr. Esteban Ocon is, is, you know, he's known for sort of just literally if, you know, if, if there's if there's a bruise, he'll poke it because yeah, it'll hurt fair. a little bit. He will just sort of like, oh, well, they, I ever took you in the last lap. There you go. I'm, you know, just, just going to point that out. <laughs> I'm just going to see. I'm going to see how you might react to that, given the fact that probably most of the paddock think you're a bit of a tool. So yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll pat you on the shoulder. And, oh, oh, there we are. There you are. I've just proven that you're a tool. In front of the cameras, I yeah, think that's. that's Est- I think Esteban thinks like a little bit like that, and he'll be like, "Oh, let's just get you to look a bit of a, a, a PR one CK in front of the." Uh, I, I, of the I really hope that's why he did it. Yeah, really yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really that's, hope he did it. that's what I'm hoping because <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see more of that from Ocon as well next year. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. nice. I think if they could all actually have a little prod at him, pretty much every you know, be like you know, he could be he could be the rich kid in school, and they could just basically. They could goad him all year until he just goes home yep. and complains. So, yeah, you say, take his car kid, and go home. That's it. They're nicking me dinner money. The big kids are picking on me and I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it'd be good to see, you know, someone like Ocon doing that, not just a stroll, but to, to anybody, because I think you need characters in the sport. And if, you know, Ocon becomes that character, that's great. You know, we're losing Magnussen. We've lost Hulkenberg. You know, you've lost a few characters of the sport. Yeah. You don't want to end up with just a, a load of robots driving the car. Uh, absolutely. So I think it's good to see that sort of... Uh, well, yeah. you know, I mean, you've got set Mr. Alonso coming back next year, Dan. Oh, I know. On. So yeah. excited. So Big excited. character. But yeah, it's going to be interesting, that will be. Very yeah, it is. It is. Okay, so on to uh, Alpha Tauri. So uh, P8 for Gasly. 
Um, another great drive. Um, 11th for Kvyat. Um, so they moved to 7th in the championship um, and ultimately sealed the deal for Kvyat. As, as I said, he, he's now left the team. Mm. And Yuki Sodanada is, is a one of what one of the, one of the few moments that made me sit up in my seat on on the race was uh, go back and watch it if you missed it was the was Gasly's overtake on Ocon on lap two. Go right. back and take a look at it because it was fantastic. Was it? Good driving. It was it? fantastic, and then that was pretty much the race over from there on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was the exciting. <laughs> that was it. That was exciting the one ten seconds of the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. That is it. So racing points, so they dropped to fourth in the championship. Um, so they had a retirement for Perez. It was transmission problem. Um, and Stroll just not doing enough um, in 10th to secure the points. So it's quite a shame for racing point, really, because they were looking after the last race like they were going to... Well, it was, it was theirs to lose, wasn't it, really? But they, they, yeah, they, they did end up uh, losing it. So obviously you've got four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel going there. Uh, next year um they will be called aston martin racer next year not racing points um but do you, are they going to be in a better position with a vettel stroll lineup than they are currently with a perez stroll lineup in that car do you think as long as vettel turns up motivated and, and he seems to be at the moment he seems to be a bit more yeah. buoyant doesn't he and his mood is if he turns up buoyant and motivated, then I think, yes, I think so. I mean, you can't deny the guy's experience and, you know, Christ, he's a four-time world champion. So, you know, and as long as they listen to him and more importantly, Lance Stroll, you know, takes a slice of the humble stuff and actually tries to learn from Sebastian Vettel, yeah. then could come, they could, you know, start to drag the points in, um, you know, Unfortunately, I think Lance Stroll might try and see himself as some kind of, you know, whether he tries to see himself as a de facto number one driver, which would be frankly blooming ludicrous. Um, you know, he, he, you know, I think he, he, he could have the potential to sort of destruct that team. And, you know, he needs to understand that he is where he is because of, um, you know, his father's involvement and that actually. He has got, I mean, you know, and he, and he proved it, you know, he proved it in that, uh, in that qualifying. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, taking that he, he can, he can race, he can handle a car in the wet. So he's clearly has got some talent as, as much as we deride him. Yeah. Uh, definitely. You know, on this podcast and, and, and we do massively because his dad's a billionaire, um, you know, but. He, he, and he's a terrible driver. And he, yeah. and he he's, well, he's, he's terrible, Adam, but I'm going <laughs> to suggest he might be able to get a Formula One car around a track better than me. Um, I've, I've said it. I know it's controversial, but, you know, <laughs> That's I, it's out there now. Um, I, I, you know, as long as he listens and, and, and learns from Sebastian, then they really could, they could come very good next year. But I, it's, it's going to take, uh, it's going to take an awful lot for, for Lars to do that. And obviously Seb's got to turn up motivated and wanting to do it. Yeah, he definitely has. But well, let, I, th I think the other thing we have to talk about here as well is um, coming back to the whole, you know, is it the driver? Is it the car? Vettel has got to go into that team next year and be absolutely massively dominant. Because if he's not absolutely massively dominant, the questions are going to, because so now he hasn't been dominant, you know, in Ferrari, yep. right? He didn't, didn't do well. If he doesn't do well in, in Aston Martin against, what we know as a substandard driver, people are now going to start calling into question his four world championships with Red Bull 
and how how valid they even are as a driver, or was he just the guy yeah, that was in the fastest car? Yeah, his whole legacy is at stake there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. A, that's a very very good point. I mean, he and he wrote some very 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 supportive words for uh, Charles Leclerc on his leaving Ferrari, saying you're the, you know, you're the you're the you're the you're the best new driver I've seen in 15 years in this sport. Really blowing it, you know. I mean, and that that I think there's an element of that going. Yeah, I I need to be able to, you know, racing drivers always have the excuses, don't they? And it's a case of saying, yeah, I think Charles Leclerc is pretty blooming special because yeah. look at the way he's dominated me for the last few last season and couple of seasons or so. So you know that's because he's amazing and very very special. You're right. If he goes to Aston Martin and, and Lance Stroll gives him a very good run for his money, then the questions will be raised massively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. That makes sense, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, to see what happens with uh, Vettel at Aston Martin. Mm. Uh, so to round out the rest of the teams, so uh, Alfa Romeo, you had uh, Kimi in 12th, Giovinazzi in 16th. Um, Giovinazzi stayed out under the safety car. Kimi didn't. That was more or less the difference between them, really. Um, Kimi was you know, cl- close to getting points um, uh, for that car, so it was a pretty good race for him, really. Uh, Haas, uh, you had... Um, Magnussen down in 18th and Fittipaldi down in 19th um, and Williams you had Russell in 15th and Latifi in 17th so that I mean there's not much more we can speak about the Abu Dhabi race really you know as we know it wasn't that exciting but on what has been really uh, in long memory really one of the best seasons I've enjoyed you know for, for a long time so Adam, come to you first. So, what has been your top moments of 2020? If you want to pick two two standout moments for you. So, I'm going to go a bit kind of uh, happy, clappy, lovey-dovey here. Um, and I'm going to say my favorite moment was every qualifying, every lap, every race, every win that I sat down and watched last year simply because with the situation that we were in, and under that pan- pandemic, the fact that they got a yeah. race off, let alone a season, a really is good just like, I want to stand up and just, you know, yeah. fantastic the job. The job. Ever, to, yeah. How they pulled that off, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, a, a truly international sport, sorry, international sport across that many countries with that many people and, and pull off. And I think, you know, um, it, it was just a welcome relief and, yeah, well done. That's yeah, all I can play. say. Well done. Yeah, fair play. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely echo that, Adam. I mean, back in March, we were thinking, oh, that's it. Buggered. We're not going to have a Formula One season at all. And to have yeah. not only a Formula One season in the circumstances that we've all had to live in, uh, but to have one that's been so exciting, that's seen, right. you know, different different tracks come into use. And I can see, I, you know, from a couple of in, uh, interviews with him recently, Ross Braun's you know, head is, is, is twitching and his brains are, his, his cogs and his brain are going at what they can do to sort of liven up future F1, uh, get seasons, rid of get rid of Abu Dhabi, absolutely bringing new tracks. But, you know, a couple of, uh, I think, you know, instances for me, I, I think there's been quite a few this year. Um, but you know, certainly the, the, the Turkish Grand Prix when Hamilton won his seventh title yeah, in, yeah, the, in those conditions in the rain, you know, reminded me of his 2008 win at uh, Silverstone in the piddling rain as well, which I was there for. You know, that was an absolute masterclass, I think, 
his reaction at the end of that, and I saw it again actually uh, earlier on this evening. His reaction at the end of that Grand Prix, at the end of his knowing that he's got his seventh world title, was possibly, I think, it's the most emotional I've seen him yeah. at the end of a Grand Prix. At the end, of, uh, knowing he's, you know, and the guys won six before, and it was just really, you know, a, a really emotional response that he, he, you know, he's kind of held a, held a lot together. Um, you know, I think, the, you know, the other was the the, the weekend that we possibly saw the future and put George Russell in the car. Yeah, in the great weekend. Days. And saw, you know, well, when Lewis goes, oh, hi, we've got a new guy to all get behind us, another British F1 star. Yeah. And, and, and George Russell has, without doubt, you know, put his stamp upon F1 and gone, yeah, I'm the real deal and, 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 and watch me come. Um, you know, it's, you know, that's going to be exciting as well. But also to have in this season, but to have people like, you know, Sergio Perez and, and Pierre Gasly winning Grand Prix as well has been great. And both of those guys you know, after their Grand Prix wins, maiden Grand Prix wins, to see them sitting on the podium on their own. Yeah. Literally couldn't, they're, they're, they've both got a look of like, I, I can't believe I've done this. This is just amazing. It's just, you know, it's, it's quite nice to see how much it means to all of these guys still. It's just, you know, the different tracks we've been to, the different times of year that we've been to these tracks. I think it's something that, that F1's got to look at this season and go, yeah, I think there's some different things we can yeah, do. Definitely. I think going to the same tracks at the same time of year, you know, the the the, the, the um, you know, the the teams have all the data from the previous, you know, previous several. It's giving things. it a real shakeup, isn't it? You know, it, it becomes very predictable, and I think unpredictability is. Um, you know, we talked about you know Bernie wanting to put his sprinkler system in. That's probably a, a, a could be a bit of a, a, a silly solution. But, but the, the ethos is there, of, isn't it? To but the ethos of, up, of yeah. you know, even if you go to the same track, but you got a completely different time of year, you have different track temperatures, you have different, uh, you know, moisture content in the air, and all these dull sounding things can make a huge amount of difference to a Formula One car. So you know, I, I, I think going forward, you know, Formula One can sort of uh, learn to shake things up a bit and, and make sure places like Porto Mayo and Mugello are, uh, are on the on the calendar and we get some new uh, new new venues yeah definitely definitely and we and we ditch Yas Marina and we ditch or Marina. make it very different exactly so mine uh I mean you know obviously being the host of the podcast I'm going to choose three I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to you see so I am going to choose uh Gasly uh winning at Monza I just thought after the year he had previously yeah you know, to see someone's career of someone so young just take a real nosedive and that what could be you know him going out the sport really or you know, and, and, and also really to, to see somebody not get shafted by Red Bull yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the one who's then... fought back. He's gone, actually, no, screw you. I exactly. am going to have a damn good F1 career. Exactly. And going, going into um, Alpha Tauri and then, and then winning that race and just seeing what it meant to him, I, th- I thought that was fantastic. Um, secondly, you know, uh, a bit like what you said, uh, Rich, was just going to all these different tracks, you know, go, go into these tracks that we've never been at before because we were forced to because of this, you know, COVID-affected season. Um, but it just shows that going to different tracks and shaking things up, shaking the calendar up, not having the same old stale calendar year after year, like really, really makes a big difference, you know, and, and, and it really helped the excitement of the sport and seeing the different tracks. And the third one, the reason why I've got three is because I just thought of it as – you you lot were speaking um and i thought it was important that we don't forget it was um although it's although it's a it was a horrible uh, thing to happen uh the highlight was you know the safety um yeah. advancements yeah. uh that 
clearly showed by um, Roman Grosjean effectively pretty much unhurt, being able to walk away from that horrific accident he had at Agreed, Bahrain. Yeah. You know, um, you had Dr. Ian Roberts, you know, the, the medical staff, um, the, bravery, the bravery of those guys, the proving now that the halo is something that, you know, F1 cannot live without and, and it has to be on a car, you know, forever. Um, I thought that was quite something really and quite an I- iconic picture really of seeing Roman, you know, sort of emerging from a bright, those bright orange flames and, and, and jumping over the barrier. It was, it was quite interesting really. Yes, absolutely, Dan. Well said. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so th- 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 there's a few goodbyes uh, now that we're at the end of the season. So, you know, we're saying goodbye to Grosjean who, you know, has had quite a long F1 career really, quite an interesting F1 career. We're saying goodbye to Magnussen who's a real character uh, that we're losing from the sport. Um, possibly either losing Albon or Perez, uh, as we discussed that at, at length. Um, we're saying goodbye to uh, Daniel Kvyat in place of Yuki Tsunoda. Um, we're also going to be seeing Vettel leave Ferrari, going to Aston Martin, um, Ricardo leaving Renault, going to a McLaren, and Sainz leaving McLaren, uh, going to a Ferrari. So it's one of those years where you get it's quite a shake-up of drivers really some years you get it where just you know all the dominoes fall in the same place as they were previously but yeah it's quite quite uh quite a change really and, uh, yeah a, a, apart from the uh boring boring sort of uh actual race at Abu Dhabi um I think yeah you know the the, the season and the the news come out of the paddock was coming all the way through um to the season end really it made it all quite all quite um yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm sad it's over, I must say. I'm, I'm sad it's over. I also found it quite interesting to uh, to watch the coverage of Abu Dhabi and see sort of like Christmas trees in the background and all the rest yes. of it. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, we're, we're so late in the year, you know, it's, normally, yeah, it's, it's, ma- not, it's normally over in n- November time. It's um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's it, was, uh, it was... Uh, yeah, go on, Alan. I was to say, it was the shortest season since in, in duration, not yeah. number of races. Uh, since 1966, I think I heard. Is it really? Yeah, doesn't does yeah. surprise me. Doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, because it was um, it was July July 5th to December 17th. And we've only got 87 days until the uh, season kicks off again uh, with testing. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So so so. Um, as I say, so so uh, thanks for joining me, guys. And um, we'll try and do a, a, a show in the off-season. Perhaps we'll do a, a Schumacher and uh, Hamilton comparison one and maybe one looking forward next year. Well, if, if you're, if you're going to do that after, the, after New Year's Day, we might well be talking about Sir Lewis. We well, we, we, Sir Lewis. we could. We could. We could. And more, more importantly, uh, Sports Personality of the Year winning. Lewis Hamilton. There you go. I think mm-hmm. I think he will do. I think he's done an all. I think that, you know, a lot of people when they when they have the. I'm I'm still a bit cheesed off that the year Jensen won in 2009, he didn't get it, and blooming yeah. Ryan Giggs got it for I don't know doing doing <laughs> well, yoga, I think, doing yoga and and doing other things with his. I, I, I think we know that uh, Tyson Fury doesn't want it. Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. No, exactly. Definitely. Well, it, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, what I was going to say is that everything, you know, this, this, the other sort of standout thing for Hamilton this year is that he's used his um, position, I think, within sport to, to elevate himself beyond Formula One and to start to 
have an influence on the world stage in other matters. And I think that's that that's that's and that's difference. what makes the case. Yeah, and that, it's what makes the case, and it's what's is where I've seen a, a, a difference in Lewis this year is that he, there's other things for him to fight for, and he's it's almost like he's, you know, he's. I think he's always he has always known he's got this influence, but it's the first year that he's really perhaps wielded that influence outside sure. of Formula One to make comments on on other things, and I think that's something that's only going to continue. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, do you want to say goodbye, fellas? Goodbye, fellas. Goodbye, fellas. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this week's uh, Abu Dhabi r- review, and uh, actually, I hope you've enjoyed all the podcasts uh, that we've done this season. Uh, as I said, we will be back in the off season uh, with a season review, or a look forward to next year when uh, testing begins in March and all the new uh, car liveries. Or uh, all right, that's always one of my most exciting times of the year is when you get all the new car liveries. And you... It's what's what's the merchandise going to be like? Yes, yes. How many? 60 quid t-shirts can Dan buy next year. Exactly, exactly. looking forward to. So if you've enjoyed this, uh, please give us a follow on uh, Twitter, which is at lights underscore F1, uh, at season ticket DSR, that's uh, Delta Sierra Romeo, and at Dougie Stone Radio. So until next time, it's goodbye and drive safely. It's Formula One. Uh, 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 uh,